This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Identifying Energy Vampires. No, those are not real vampires, but they might as well be. We're going to explain what that means. We will also be answering your listener questions, including one listener who has a difficult time trusting other women and another who found out something disturbing about her fiance's family. Then we're talking about what's in the news, apology languages, and the new love languages. Uh, and we are answering, we, we've got answers on whether the Sex in the City reboot will cover COVID. But first, Angela, what's been going on in your week? So I, um, I had my seven-year anniversary with Ian recently. Wow. This is like when all the celebrities break up. Didn't Brad and Brad and Angelina or Brad and Jet someone. It's like everyone says like the seven year curse. Right. The seven year itch. Maybe, maybe that's Uh, what that Maybe that's what it's called. Yeah. I never thought about that actually. Oh God. I guess maybe we're about to enter a year of turmoil. I don't know. But so far so good. We actually, so maybe I picked the right anniversary gift for Ian then. Uh, You know, we like to do experiences, but obviously this year we could not go anywhere or do anything because of COVID. So I was like, what can we do from home that will be really interesting and kind of weird? And I remembered that I had a friend that had been going to a bunch of psychics recently, (laughs) virtually. And uh, so I got her psychics information and I decided to do a joint reading with Ian with a psychic named Miss Penny. Wow. I would, I mean, Ian and I, we like, we're, we're more similar. I'm shocked because like you and Nick are very similar. Nick would never get this for me in a million years. And like, but like if Ian's anything like me, which he typically is, because like you're the Nick in my really in, in, in our in my relationship, is like Nick would fucking hate this as a gift. And like I would love it. Love it. So Ian was uh, I mean, first of all, I think it's important to Ian that like I don't actually believe this stuff. He was kind of like, if you took this really seriously, that would be very frightening to me. But I think because we both have like a fun approach to it, he was like down. But he he I think that he went into it very like this is dumb. And then I saw his like eyes light up the second she started talking and he got like excited because he was like, oh, like, I think so it was funny. almost like he was like, oh, she was like giving him real estate tips. And he's like, oh, okay, wait, wait, what? What? That's amazing. <laughs> because she, she was like, I see you buying property in um, California, which him and his friends have been thinking about investing someplace. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. This is like a sign. So he's like, where? Where should we Where should we do it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the world, the, there's a lot of unexplained things we don't understand about the world. I'm, I'm very like open to, I'm open-minded, but I'm also wary of charlatans. Well, so my thing when I, when my friend recommended her to me, I was like, Obviously, I think it's all fake, but I want somebody who at least believes that what they're doing is real. Like somebody oh, who is actively, that. you know, like trying to scam me. Somebody who just is like kind of out there enough to think that like they have this gift and, you know. Oh, I like that. I need them to believe it, even if I don't. Because yeah. that's funny. I went to like a new acupuncturist recently 
that my insurance covered. And I came back and I was like, eh. I was like, I think I might go back to the one that was like, I was paying out of pocket, Nick, because this one was just like, she just like put the points in me and was like, this one's for immunity. This one's for blah, blah, blah. And my other one, you know, she like feels what calls to her and like does more like meditations and visualization and like does points that like are just calling her. And he's like, oh, so you want to go to the charlatan that like believes believes in her like shtick a little more in her grift in her grift yeah yeah like and I was like that's not nice and acupuncture is real like what are you talking about but I so anyways I can relate yeah. you want the works you want the works and I agree um so yeah Miss Penny was great she asked me to text her a photo of us to her ahead of time um, which I put a lot of thought into because I was like, she's going to like read into her body language. So I want it to be one where I feel like we like look like we like each other, which probably was giving it way more thought than I needed to. I mean, body language experts are a whole separate thing. And I know this because when, back in my magazine days, I used to have to send this body language expert pictures of celebrities and then have her like tell me what was up. So like I would send her a picture of like Russell Brown and Katy Perry and she'd be like, there's so much sexual tension there. And and I'm like, yeah, I think that is what their relationship actually was. And I finally sent her a picture of like Nick and I when we had just started dating. Oh, wow. And she gave me like amazing advice, actually. I, I like fully believe in the in the body language expert people. Like, well, that's I know they different. Say, I mean, that's a real I think it's a real thing. I, I mean, don't know. There's got they, some psychology behind it. Uh, yeah. Some maybe some psychology. I know that they could just like catch a bad like. Because I was always like, you can right. just, you can catch like anything you want in a picture. But she like really, she told me like, like we were like posed together and like his hip was kind of into mine. He's like, oh, she's like, he really likes you. Like he, this guy like really, really likes you because we had just started dating. And she's like, but he feels like a little uncomfortable because we were at like some event and he's like, you for your job you go to like a lot of fancy events she's like don't drag this guy to like all these events and like all these like fancy things like this is not his thing and like he's I can tell he's like a little uncomfortable but he's like he's so into you like he like cares about you he's like attracted to you he's like don't go dragging him around all your events and I'm sure she told me a bunch of other stuff but that just really stuck with me and that is so Nick it, like she told me like is- all all this stuff just from a picture and I was like whoa yeah he is like my little recluse artist like my like recluse hot artist that like does not want to be dragged around all my like fun events and that was always like kind of a point of contention where I would be like you know why do you want to come to these things and then but then like she I would always go back to her advice and it like like saved my like I feel like like added to some of the success of the fact that I've been with this guy for 11 years was like body language expert. Anyways. If only every couple had access to a body language expert early on in their relationship. I'm sure you could pay. Like if you just Google like this was when I was at Life and Style. Like Life. Let me see if I can find her name. I'm sure she. Let's see. Life and Style. Well, I'll find it while you tell your story. I very much hope that by next year we're not still in quarantine and we can actually go do something fun. But if we are, maybe that'll be next year's anniversary gift is contacting a, a body language expert. Even though after seven years, I think that we don't really need it. Uh, but still could be fascinating. Um, so what else did Miss Penny say? She told me that I would be very fertile in the month of February. Um, she said that like it was a positive thing. And I was like, 
Okay, well, good to know. I will not be fucking in February. Thank you, Miss Penny. <laughs> She's like, um, this is a good thing. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great thing that I will now be celibate for an entire month. Yeah. It's a good thing to know so I can avoid. Um, she told us we should go into business together uh, with something either, she said, either related to animals or something that you would do at a farmer's market. And I was like, Interesting. So either saving I, animals or eating them. Not sure which. I also like don't see either of those in your future. In like, I do, in, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it could be. Uh, we have joked around before about wanting to like create a children's book together about uh, Ian's old dog Elvis. So maybe that was it. Maybe one day we'll write our Elvis the dog book. He is an animal, so that still sticks. He Although is. now I feel like we're getting to the territory where like they tell you something and like. You're stretching shit to make it exactly. work, you know, to be, to make it believable. Be like, oh, she must have meant this thing that actually has nothing to do with the real thing, but like you want to believe it so bad that you then like pretend. That's exactly what that is. Um, she also said that Ian's grandmother. She kind of knew about Ian's sleeping problems, and she said that his grandmother kind was of. Trying, she was like, well, literally, like this is what they do. She's like, uh, Ian, sleep, sleeping stuff and we just kind of were like yeah you know sleeping problems like she see, kind of see, says see. the word if you're like and, and and just imagine if if, if she had been like laura sleep sleep and i'd be like my dreams have been crazy i've been having right. so many stress dreams so like it works for anybody and like or she could be like nick sleep sleep but he'd be like yeah i snore when i sleep she'd be like yes the snoring the snoring i see that becoming a point of contention in the relationship or like do you know what i mean like everybody everybody in the fucking strong yeah everybody in the fucking world sleeps so they have something to say especially once she realized her age she was probably like oh these old farts in their 30s definitely have some sleeping problems but uh, she did say – she was like, Ian, pay attention to your dreams because your grandmother is trying to contact you and she wants you to respect tradition more. And I was like, oh, shit. Grandma Olga is trying to tell Ian to break up with me probably <laughs> because he famously – or she famously told him as a child, if you don't marry a Jew, I will uh, – you're out of the family. So I think that that's what she's trying to get through in her, in his dreams. Interesting. Okay, I found while you were telling your story, uh, Patty Wood is the gold, the gold standard of body language experts. And um, Patty Wood, Patty Wood, P A T T I Wood. You can Google her. Um, you can email her, and I'm sure you can pay her to. I'm sure anybody can pay and send her the pictures for an analysis. Okay, that's fun. That's um, fun. So anyways, uh, love your gift. Uh, anything else yeah. before I talk about me? <laughs> no. She just – at the end of the phone call, she was like, so do you guys want to schedule another appointment and you know, we can just keep <laughs> working on your spiritual journey together? What? And we were like, <laughs> we need to process all the information you've given us first. Great but, response. But we'll be in touch. You're like, little <laughs> do you know, <laughs> this is like in an anniversary like gag gift. Yeah. Um, so, I mean – Unless, like, one of the things she said, like, comes true and then we're like, holy shit, Miss Penny has a gift, then maybe we will be in touch. But for now, I think our spiritual journey will be separate from Miss Penny's. Yes. We'll, we will be flying solo. Cool. Uh, yeah. How, <laughs> what, what are you up to? How's uh, my week's been going good. I recently got an email from a coworker that I haven't talked to in maybe, like, six years. But I love, I love when people from my past reach out 
And this was like a fun, uh, like a fun reason for her to reach out. She's no longer working at magazines. She's now working in PR, which honestly is for the best because the magazine world's the biggest hot mess. Like there used to be like six magazines and now there still are six, but actually like five of them have all folded into one company and are all run by the same, um, like the same group of reporters and editors. It's like totally insane. Like people magazines, basically like the only one that's legit. If you guys want the down low us weekly and people used to be the both legit but us weekly now has been bought by AMI, which is a horrendous company. That's all full of lies. And they run like all of the ones that just run a bunch of bullshit and say that, you know, Jennifer Aniston's still pregnant for like the billionth time. Right. Um, so anyways, now they're all run by them, including Us Weekly. So now you just don't even like go to Us Weekly because that that will be all lies. But anyways, Magazine World, everyone I know has been like fur- furloughed or like let go or it's just a hot mess. So she left. I left. We're both so glad we don't work at those entertainment magazines. But she reached out to me. She's working in PR. And this is what her email said. I was wondering first, you know, there were some compliments, but I'm not going to give read them. <laughs> Because it's good when you're reaching out to some, but this is a good tip when you're reaching out to someone you haven't talked to in like five, six years. It's good to start with some compliments. I was wondering if you could give me some advice on a current client from the perspective of someone deep in the comedy world like you. I don't know if I'm very deep, but sure, we'll go with it. (laughs) I'm more on the very outside, but that's okay. Earlier this year, I started to work working with this new product, Dick on a Desk which is a take on Elf on a Shelf aimed at jaded millennials fed up with the work-life grind. Would love any feedback you have about how we are pitching it. And if you have any contacts you know that might be interested, can I send one to you to see in person? I think it might help you understand the concept. Appreciate your help. So I was like intrigued. I was like, dick on a desk. Oh, okay. Like elf on a shelf. That's funny. So I pictured it being like an actual dick. And like, I also can't really imagine like who would want an actual dick on their desk. But especially considering it's like uh, it's aimed at jaded millennials fed up with the work life grind. Yeah. But you also like you can't you I was like you wouldn't be able to put an actual dick on your desk at work and you like certainly should not have one. It will like you don't want to have something that looks like a dildo like in your Zoom call. So I was like what is And how is that motivational? And how is this motivational? Like I was just confused. So I clicked on it. It's not an actual dick. It's like a tiny not creepy but like a dude that has like like. I sent it to Angela. Like, how would you explain this guy? Like, he's a white dude with with aviators, a mustache, and, like, long hair. And he's wearing a white shirt that just says, like, dick on it and jeans. And, like, yeah. it comes with, like, a book, you know, kind of playing off the elf on a shelf thing that comes with a book. But, like, he doesn't look enough like a dick. He is, like, kind of, like, could but be. But I also think, he, is he supposed, like. I thought, like, it was very confusing because, like, the vibe was, like, oh, Dick is laid back and, like, he'll tell you when to take a break and, like, have a drink or whatever. And it's, right. like, but so it's just oh, yeah, she sent me Dick. The, is he a dick? She sent me the copy of, like, what, of, like, how they're trying to pitch it. But, yeah, it's, like, he's supposed to remind you, like, you know, don't, don't always, like, work so hard. Like, sit back and have a drink. But then he's called Dick. So he is he, like, a dick, like, you know, like a douchebag? Or is he Dick, like his name is like Richard or like, like (laughs) he kind of looks like he could be in a band, but he kind of looks like a construction worker. He's not douchey enough to really be like a dick. Like when I think of like, oh, that guy's a dick. I think of more like just needs to be more douchey. And I was like, who wants this like 
white dude with a mustache and long hair and aviators like sitting on their desk like I don't want to look at him you know and so I was just like I was like I actually felt really happy about her email like the more I thought about how weird this product is because I was like man like she has her job is to like pitch this product that's like a very it's kind of a confusing product you know and like how smart to be like okay I don't know how to pitch this product like like she genuinely did like the best she could given this like kind of she did a great job because we're talking about it on the podcast now free advertising for dick on a desk yeah and somebody's gonna listen to this and be like I want this weird product that makes no sense (laughs) and I'm gonna send it to all my friends so that will be great um I didn't want one so I like was like you know when she said like do you want to send me one I was like oh it's not really for me like and I and I was honest about like how I felt this product was like I'm not the right person for it so I'm having I'm was struggling like thinking of how she can market it any better but I'm talking about on the podcast number one sure yeah free advertising whatever but no what I'm really talking about it is like I think this is such a great example of like reaching out to your contacts and like was I helpful and did I offer any comedy advice or contacts? No. But sometimes you have to go out on a limb, reach out to someone you haven't talked to in like five or six years because you think of them and think like, oh, like maybe they'd be able to help me with this random thing I'm working on. And you like kind of have nothing to lose because when she probably was like, if I were her at least, and I was reaching out to someone I haven't talked to in quite a while, I'd feel a little like nervous and weird. And I would maybe be like, uh, that's weird if I reach out to them. And so I would think like, what's the worst case? The worst case is they don't write me back, you know? The the worst case is they talk about my product on their podcast and say how stupid it is. <laughs> or that. But but like the best case is they write me back and like have good advice. And I my and my response probably fell in the middle. Like I did write her back and I gave honest feedback. But at the end of the day, I was like happy to hear from someone I hadn't talked to in a long time. And like I didn't know she was working in PR, so it was cool to like hear what she's been up to. And like it's and maybe your feedback was helpful. Maybe she got Maybe similar sh- feedback from other people and yours was the straw that broke the camel's back where they're like, we need to retool Dick. Yeah. Now. Maybe she'll go back to the client and be like, people are a little confused by the product. Like they don't understand like, yeah. is this guy a dick? But he's all, he's a dick, but he's also supposed to like remind you to like not work so hard and like relax. But like, why do people want him on, on their desk? Cause like dick on a desk is a fun phrase. So, like, the only thing they have going, though, right now is, like, the catchy phrase and maybe, like, the fact that they've thought, like, let's include a book, you know? But but the product itself, like, needs some work. So, anyways, I'm just telling this story to, like, inspire you to, like, reach out to that person that you, like, are maybe too scared to email. And if you haven't talked to someone in a long time, like, it can't hurt because I hadn't talked to this person in quite a while. And she just, like, blindly reached out to me and, like good for her it was a respectful email it wasn't like didn't didn't wasn't presumptuous it was like I'm like it was like I'm working on this thing this is why I'm emailing you because you like work in comedy and like you know like I just I'm, I'm like brainstorming here and like thought of you you know and like yeah so I hope it inspires you to reach out to that person that you've been hesitating to reach out to even though I was it- not helpful <laughs> It should also be inspirational if you've had an idea for a product while in quarantine. Literally, it has to be better than this. So you should shoot your shot and do it. <laughs> be inspired. This person – and you know what? These people will probably 
I don't want to say they'll get like a deal on Shark Tank because I don't think they will. But no, they'll they'll. Pro- I mean, they went as far as getting <laughs> PR people on the on the case. It was a mother daughter. I'm sure daughter, they'll sell some. You know what? It was so. it was a mother daughter duo, Angela. So maybe that psychic's right. Like you and Ian surely are going to collaborate on something that will be better than Dick on We're a We're going to make our Elvis the dog book and that psychic's going to be right. <laughs> On that note, let's we're going to jump into the mailbox next and answer your listener questions. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. You can do so many things with Squarespace. We are huge Squarespace fans. We've been, I don't know, OG Squarespace users since before they were a sponsor of our show. Um, and like, yeah, I just feel like they've been a part of our journey, Angela. Is that cheesy? Yeah. No, we go way back. We go way back with Squarespace. Um, they are friends of the pod, friends of the brand, big fans. I have both, you know, we share our website for the show and I have my personal website, which I really never thought that I would develop the skills to be able to do something as simple as build myself a website. But Squarespace is so easy that I did it all on my own. Yeah, I have so many websites with Squarespace. My personal, both books. I have my wedding website, which actually I'm just going to, I finally decided I'm going to let that die. I was like, how many, (laughs) I was like after five, no, like six years, like, do I still need my wedding website up? No, but for nostalgia reasons, I really didn't want to get rid of it. But I was like, you You know know what? It's fine. I can let it die. That you I, should screw. You should screenshot. I did that. Different- I did that. Oh, I did that. That's exactly what I would do. <laughs> Perfect. And so, now it lives forever. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. Start with a design template and use drag and drop tools to make it your own. Tell us more about it, Angela. So they have world class award winning design. So it's going to look great. Um, world class engineering. Beautiful templates. Um, they also have a really easy way to claim a do- domain that you're interested. You choose a URL that ends in .com, .net, .org, or get even more specific with one like .art. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do that on Squarespace. You'd probably do that if you're running like an art gallery. Yeah. And yeah, whatever you're doing, if you're an artist, a writer, a designer, a nutritionist, you can build a website, claim a domain, sell online, market a brand, see analytics, all that fun stuff. Uh, check out squarespace.com slash this is why for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code this is why to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. <laughs> All right. I'm having fun today. <laughs> Angela, what is in the mailbox? Okay. Um, so first up, we have a question from someone signed always hurt. Um, she says, I'm 34, no kids, never been married, and currently I'm dating the love of my life. My issue is my whole life I've been hurt by the women closest to me, my twin sister. In junior high, she began dating my first love. She knew this. Um, when we'd fight, she'd always throw it in my face and say, that's why, insert guy's name here, likes me and not you. It would crush me every time. My best friend in high school, she tried to get with every guy I dated and showed interest in the guys would always tell me. My god sister in college eloped with a man I confided in her my deep love and desire for. This has all created a huge distrust in women and I struggle with nurturing female relationships. Also, these women are still very much a part of my life. Why does this keep happening to me and how can I heal and move on? Hmm. Okay, so let me first go through these, these how she's been like 
scorn, scorned, I guess. Yeah. So her twin sister, that's rough. Okay, she dated her first love and she knew about it. Um, it's fucked up your twin would throw it in your face. That's not cool. Um, in high school, your best friend tried to get with every guy that you dated or showed interest. And your god sister eloped with the guy that that you confided you loved. Okay. All right. So these all sound like really hurtful. It's basically like women in your life going for guys that you had crushes on. Yeah. But I do have to say, Angela and I have a whole chapter on this. <laughs> About dibs? About dibs, Angela. So this is a great fit. So I don't want to tell you that like you're – I'm not trying to invalidate your feelings. And if the, – the one thing in here is like your best friend tried to get with every guy that you – that you dated like that's not cool because like once you're actually dating somebody like they should be off limits there's many fish in the sea and I've had friends like that too that I'm like no longer friends with that would just like try it was like a validation thing they like needed to feel like they could like that every guy like she they, they could have every guy if they wanted every guy you know and like they would like flirt with everybody's boyfriend and that's like a whole separate thing and those women suck and they should be like out of your life but the god sister and the best friend you said tried to get with every guy you showed interest in and your twin sister dated your first love. Um, it, they, that, that doesn't sound like you were dating him though. And so Angela and I have a whole chapter in our book and it's called Dibs. And like, yes, there's exception to this rule because there have been like a couple people in my life that I like just like truly, truly, but I hooked up with them. So anyway, Angela and I have a rule that you cannot call dibs on humans and it's just not fair to your friends because you can't control if that person that you call dibs on likes you back. So until it's mutual, like these people are not really off limits to other women because you can't go and like call dibs on a bunch of guys. And then like sometimes the guy just like likes your friend or has more chemistry with like your god sister or, or like, you know, just... Uh, emotionally gets along better with your twin sister. And like, if you've called dibs on them, like that's just not really fair to the other, to the two other people, you know, that like they should never be together because you called dibs. Because what if the guy doesn't like you? He might just like not be that into you and it's not nothing wrong with you. It's just, he has chemistry with somebody else better. And like, so I don't know, right, Angela, do you, is, that's what I'm getting is like, I feel like she's not following the dibs rule. So I think there's definitely a difference between like if you're at a bar and you see a cute guy and you like call dibs on that person before anybody's even met him. I think that you can't do that because there's no accounting for chemistry yet at that point. I do think that if there's somebody like the example with her god sister, how she's like, I confided my deep love of him to this person and then she still pursued him. Like she, she was like in love with this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That you know? that feels different so, the way she's explaining it. That's true. So it feels shitty that the god sister would then pursue that person. Um, but, but do you think that she? There, I feel like there might because it's happened so many times. I feel like there is something with this dibs rule that she's not following. Like she's maybe just like claiming she like that she loves people so often. Well, and- I wonder. Yeah, like how. Like, did the guy – was the guy ever aware of your feelings or – Did the guy you know, express yeah. interest? Like, because you really only get, like, one, maybe two passes in your life to, like, claim to be truly in love with somebody that you've never, like, kissed or has never – it's never been a mutual thing, but they're, like, still off limits to all your friends, you know, kind of thing. Like, yeah. you, like you can't do that more than, like, once. Like, otherwise – 
either it's like mutual and then they're off limits or if it's like not a mutual thing, you can't like claim to be in love with a bunch of people and then nobody else can like go for them, you know? Yeah. And like even if you have deep feelings or deep crush, you can't do that like a bunch. You kind of get like one non-mutual time to do that. Right. Otherwise, you kind of have to follow the dibs rule where like you can't call dibs on people because people have their own like these guys are either like indie or they're not. And then like they might be vibing with somebody else in your small circle, especially I don't know where she lives. But especially if you're in like a smaller town, there's like not that many people to choose from. So like they might, you know, I I do yeah. understand that like when you are crushing on somebody you want to confide into, into like a friend about that. And it would, it would suck to be like, I have a crush on this guy. Like, you know, should I tell him? Should I not? And then your friend like goes for him. Like that's fucked. And like a friend should definitely not do that. But yeah, I also, I don't know so, if that was the situation like over and over and over, you know, aside from like these people pursuing guys that you had crushes on, I think the fact that your sister, like when you're fighting about other stuff, will throw this back in your face. Like, you said she says to you, well, that's why he liked me and not you because you like whatever do this thing. That's a very toxic thing because that's like such a personal insult. Like that's, that's so below the so belt. So below the belt. That's like um, I, I don't even know how to respond to this because it's her twin sister. And like I I just like that's so mean. Like that's so fucked. Like you just so that's that's hard yeah. to like ever. I mean, if it wasn't your twin sister, like I would be like, get that person out of your life. Like they fight they fight dirty like they don't fight they don't fight with like empathy like it doesn't sound like they like you like it sounds like they fight to like like literally think of the meanest thing that they could think of and throw it in your face which is like you don't want people in your life that like fight that way because it's and like and I've been known to do that like like when I get in a fight with Nick I'm like what's something that will like and 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 it's toxic and so I've like you know and he's called me out on it when I've done it a couple times and so like it sounds like, yeah, her twin sisters, like, fights mean. mean. Like, that's so, that's toxic. Yeah, Angela said it right. It's toxic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when I read this email, my initial thing was, like, I know that it's, like, all these people that have done these things to her have been women. So she kind of was like, I have an issue with women. But to me, I think that it's probably just that, like, something about you and your personality, like, maybe – you're like a pushover with people or like, you know, I think that like you're like letting these kind of toxic people into your life and letting them be close to you and they happen to be female, but I don't think it's a gender thing. I think that you just have these shitty people and you need to learn how to create a boundary yeah. with them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, cause if your sister's talking to you that way and your best, like if, is this person still your best friend and they were like trying to hook up with everybody that you claimed you had a crush on purposefully like were they doing it in a mean way like I'm just curious this scenarios and like how these all went down like I'm not I don't want to blame you I want you to I want you to set higher standards for what you deserve in your life especially since you say these people are still in your life like yeah if they're treating you you know it could be two things yeah it could be like you need to realize you can't do the dibs rule on on humans and just like Maybe kind of if you've crush on somebody, feel it privately, feel it out and just don't confide so much in other people that like, I got a crush, I got a crush here, I got a crush there, I got a crush here. Like, just like feel it out with the person and see if they like you. And like, maybe until you start dating, then tell people, you know, like you might just like want to go that route. But then also, yeah, think about like 
when people say these really cruel things to you, like, especially your sister, like, how forgiving are you? Like, do you say, like, you can't say that to me. Like, I will not talk right. to you if you say that. I don't know. Your sister sounds like she needs to be in therapy, too, because that's the thing a therapist would say. Like, you, that is, like, you're going to ruin your relationships if this is how you fight with people. And this is, and those are the things that you say when you fight with people. Um, Yeah, I... Yeah, she says, I think we just expect more from women because of the stereotype of women always being nurturing kind. I don't think that's true because there's also... Oh, I wrote that. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> that was a note to myself. Oh, that was a note to yourself. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was going to say, yeah. that's not true. I don't think there's a stereotype of women being nurturing kind. I think there's also like a stereotype of like, like really like, think about Mean Girls. That's like literally all about Mean yeah. Girls. So like... I think, well, so I jotted that down for myself just because I was like, what was the story with the men in these situations and why aren't they also being held accountable? Mm -hmm. You know? Like, ah. I, like, I don't know. I don't know if they knew your feelings and then they still pursued the other friend Yeah, but that's also not their fault. Just because someone has a crush on you doesn't mean you're like obligated to like not date that person's friends. You're just like, I'm sorry you have a crush on me, but like I'm not vibing with you and I have no chemistry with you. I do really like this other person that you happen to know. What am I just supposed to not date them because you've you've like called dibs on me? Like that's not cool. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I at know least but from she what framed it as like a gender thing and I don't right. I like I don't want her to be afraid to have like friendships because you can have healthy, good relationships. There's fucked with up other women. There's fucked up women. There's fucked up guys. There's great women. There's great guys. Like, yeah, this is not like a gender thing. I think like going forward though, like just stop telling everybody when you have crushes on people. Like, feel it out. <laughs> well, she, feel she it says out. She's first. dating the love of her life right now. Great. So hopefully, keep him keep him away from your sister, your friend, your god sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everything will be great. All right. What else we got in the mailbox? Okay. So the next question is a pretty upsetting one. So buckle in, guys. Um, this is from an anonymous listener. So she says, I had a terrible experience this past Christmas with my fiance's family that I feel like I need to share. In short, we were having Christmas dinner and I looked up and there was a little swastika poster in one of the corners of the room. I am Hispanic, and although I am light-skinned, I would not consider myself white since I have many family members that are mixed or are black. I felt a wave of panic overtake me, and my fiancé, noticing it too, was extremely angered and disturbed. We chose to not say anything during the Christmas dinner because there were children there and we did not want to stir anything up. But now we need to decide whether we should simply confront them or just stop all contact or what. I feel bad for my fiancé because I know he cares about his family, but that is simply inexcusable, inexcusable and unacceptable for me. Okay, I'm just confused. So this guy's parents have a swastika poster and he supposedly – his parents. She says his family. I don't know who it was in his okay, family. Okay, but growing up, surely he's been to these people's house and he supposedly had no idea that they – were anti-Semitic, like pro-Hitler, like people don't hang swastika posters in their house. You would surely no. know you have a family member like that. Do I like know family members that like voted for Trump? Yes. But like I would know if they were anti-Semitic and like and collected like Hitler. Nazi propaganda. Nazi propaganda. Like Surely that's something you would know. So I'm kind of like, 
I'm horrified and extremely confused. Well, I think like, I mean, after like we saw everything that happened at the Capitol uh, right before the election. And I think that a lot of those people that were there with like the Confederate flag and the Nazi stuff and all that, like there were a lot of like interviews with like family and friends being like, I had no idea. I had no idea they felt this way. Um, and yeah, it is really hard to believe because it's like you never, there were never any clues. There was never like a breadcrumb trail that led you, like people don't just wake up one day and become white supremacists. Um, so yeah, it's weird that it would be a surprise, but I guess maybe it's possible. Um, I wish she had said like, if, is this, I mean, I don't know if it makes much of a difference. Like, but is this his parents? Is this extended family? Is this like a crazy aunt, uncle? Because like, yeah, I would obviously never go over there again. Like, so, so she's like, I I feel bad for my fiance because I know he cares about his family, but like, yeah, but you don't need you don't need to ever talk to these people or like right. you, I mean, like that's you, like, you will never go into that. Like she should never have to go to that house ever again. I don't That's like a pro genocide. Yeah. Like you are pro the murder of people because they are a certain religion or race. So like, uh, I, yeah, I don't think that's like just having a political difference. It's not just like not seeing eye to eye on taxes. Like, that is a relationship ender. So she's like, so her question to us is, we need to decide whether we should simply confront them or just stop all contact or what? I mean, I think it's, I think, if, I think you should, I mean, if you kind of have, don't you kind of have to say like, hey, at Christmas, I saw you had a swastika poster. <laughs> what, what the, f- was that about? What the fuck <laughs> did, like I didn't know you were on the side of the Nazis. <laughs> like, right. like, like I feel like you have to say something and just like I'm just want to know what that response could possibly be. There is no excuse, but I'm just truly baffled. If if he claim if this fiance is claiming to have had absolutely no idea, like you have to say something and then like kind of regardless of their response, you can kind of stop contact. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think you should confront them. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that she presents her options as confront them or stop all contact. And she, she, at least it doesn't seem like she's considering the option of like, just keep going over for dinner and not talking about the giant swastika yeah. in the corner. But she's saying like, um, you know, this is simply inexcusable and unacceptable for me. I mean, like, she brings up that she's Hispanic. I kind of think, that, like, I personally it's think irrelevant. It's because, completely irrelevant yeah. to this note it sh- it, because, like, yeah. <laughs> no matter what, <laughs> whoever you are, whoever. that should be inexcusable. Yeah, it should be inexcusable. Um, but she says it's simply inexcusable and acceptable. Me, if, if you're writing in to like validate how you feel, yes, you are validated. We are on the same page as you. I mean, the only reason not to confront is like if you f- feel that that's like more harmful to you or. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm very sorry. This is a bummer yeah, (laughs) to say the least. All right. I don't know if any of that was helpful, but hopefully it was. If any of you listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Next, we're going to talk about what we've been reading lately, but first let's thank our sponsors. 
We'd like to thank our sponsor, Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Uh, I've talked about this before. I mean, I'm pregnant, so I'm not drinking right now for obvious reasons, but Nick yeah, you're, has been- You're chilling in different ways. I'm chilling in different ways, but Nick, my hubs, he's been loving the like quarantine beer. He comes home from a long day at the art studio and he, he loves a beer. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got a lot going on right now. All we have are simple pleasures. So cracking open a beer, that can be your simple pleasure. You deserve it. Um, There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottle and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Lauren, I do love that fact. Um, It makes me feel like a little kid again, like I'm in a science project or something. I'm like, is it cold enough? Yes, it is blue. Just confirms. Yeah. You know, it's it's who needs like to taste it and have it be a subpar sip of beer. You wait for the mountains to turn blue and it's time to chill. So when you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. That's right. That's why Coors Light can be the one that you choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. I love that because I just get everything delivered to my house now. So that's very convenient. Uh, Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What have you been reading this week, Angela? Um, So I was reading Cosmo. Do we still have our sexy sound? Mm-hmm. Where could it be? Where could it be? Sexy. It's, it's we're a little rusty with the Cosmo. But that was I, just it's me. Fun to return. That was just me seeing. Oh wait, here we go. I got it. Sexy. Damn that! I didn't think it was going to sound that much better than my singing, but it really was. Okay, just just like old times. Um. So in Cosmo, they had a, a story about apology languages, which are like. We, we've all heard of love languages probably, which is like how everybody gives and receives love differently. So apparently it's the same with apologies. Um, you can apologize to a partner, but how you do it is very important because uh, they might receive an apology differently than you. So there are five apology languages. I thought this was very interesting. These are the five Ooh. languages. So <laughs> one like- – Okay. <laughs> ah, <laughs> there is expressing regret, which is where you say, I feel ashamed for how I hurt you. Accepting responsibility, an example of that would be, I was wrong for doing that to you. Genuinely repent. I can only imagine how much pain I caused. I am sorry. I won't do that again. Next time I will do blank differently. Okay. So far that's, I'm leaning towards genuinely repent. Like I want to be like, I, you have, like, I see why you are in so much pain. Like I am, so, like I like I like I like the like over the top one. Yes. So <laughs> Plus it has the word genuine in there, which you like in an apology. Yeah, you know, you would, the, you would, that's what someone would want. The expressing regret one, I would be like, "Fuck, fuck you!" <laughs> like, like if we were to fight, yeah. I'd be like, "Fuck off!" Like, I feel ashamed for how. I, oh, I feel so bad for you. Sorry, you're hurting. Like, I, that's that would be my response if I'm still angry and someone says, yeah. "I feel shame for how I hurt you." I'd be like, I'd be like. You don't sound like you're really apologizing. Like, oh, I'm sorry that you feel ashamed for me being hurt. Like, it feels it feels like a sarcastic. Like, I'm sorry that you feel. You know, that, I have that a feeling that like, like expressing regret is one that like somebody might like 
that's how they apologize, but I can't imagine anybody that that's how they prefer to receive an apology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was wrong for doing that to you feels like the bare minimum, you know? The, yeah. the genuinely repent is like, yeah, go over the top. Okay. All right. Yeah, what, yeah. what else? <laughs> Get on your knees. Um, <laughs> then, okay. So then there's making restitution and that's this is how I will make it up to you. Oh, I like blank. that too. I like that too. But that but, feels similar to the genuine pen because it's next time I will do this. But I do right. like the like, this is how I will make it up to you. Like, like I yeah. think I like a little sprinkle of that, but I also want to like rehash what has already happened right, and right, figure right. out why that, you know. And then finally, the last one is requesting forgiveness. And that's, will you forgive me for letting you down? I hate that one too, because like, will <laughs> yeah. you forgive me for letting you down? It's like, I mean, that's kind of like a, you must don't, you shouldn't need to ask that because like, depending on how great of an apology you do, like, you'll know if I have forgiven you, you know? And if you're genuinely repenting and you're saying how you're going to make it up, a little mix of the genuinely repent and the making restitution, like, I'll be like, thank you. Like, yes, I will take those flowers you have promised to send me every week for the next month. Right. Well, considering everybody is like one or some combination of these, I think that if you just check all check off like do do a combination of all of them and you'll be the perfect apologizer. Maybe. I don't like the first one. Yeah, I feel ashamed for how I hurt you pisses me off. I'd be like, but I don't like that you are trying to make this about you. I think that you can like add that tack that on at the end that can't be your whole apology but if it's also like i am so ashamed and i can only imagine how you feel right 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 yeah yeah yeah. i think yeah yeah. and the accepting responsibility i was wrong for doing that to you is like a good way to start it like imagine if my apology was i was wrong for doing this to you angela like i can only imagine how much pain i've caused you i'm so sorry i won't do it again next time i will be so much nicer i'm going to do it differently I'm going to make it up to you by doing all the podcast rundowns for the rest of the year. I feel so ashamed for how I hurt you. Like, will you consider forgiving me, Angela? Honestly, if you just combine all those things, you have the perfect script right there. You never have to think again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, yeah, you got to kind of tinker with order. All right. You want to know what I've been reading? Um, Yes. I've been reading Vanity Fair. This is an article by Julie Miller. So we had talked, I don't know a few episodes ago about the sex in the city revival and like Samantha's not in it, blah, blah, blah. I'm fine with that. To be honest, I'm just so excited for sex in the city. And you had said like, how are they going to tackle COVID? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, no, they're not tackling COVID. Nobody wants to watch sex in the city tackle COVID. Like we want this to be like Emily in Paris where like this is in a parallel universe where a deadly pandemic never happened. Turns out I'm very wrong. I am very wrong. So SJP has told Vanity Fair and confirmed that the pandemic's going to be part of the show. So she says COVID-19 will, quote, obviously be part of the storyline because that's the city these characters live in. And how has that changed relationships once friends disappear? I have great faith that the writers are going to examine it all. Do you think this means they're killing off Samantha like she got COVID? So, no, no. I'm- I saw some people saying that, but then I was thinking about it and I was like, maybe Samantha was one of the people that fled New York. She Maybe was probably one of the assholes that like went to Cabo or something. Right. That they'll probably make her one of the dicks that like was like doing her yoga retreat in Cabo. Even though like, yeah. But definitely the way Sarah Jessica Parker said that, like 
what happens when friends disappear? Like it definitely seems like it's going to be related to Samantha in some way. For sure. I bet she goes to like, yeah, some island and everybody hates her for sure. She like, yeah, she goes to one of the like Bali Bali or Bora Bora. I think Bali only has one Bali in it. Bora Bora. <laughs> Bali Bali. <laughs> Singular Bali. Anyways. So nice they named it twice. She said, <laughs> she also mentioned she's excitedly awaiting the scripts from the showrunner Michael Patrick King. He's currently concocting with a writer's room that's otherwise made up of entirely women, uh, many of whom are new additions to the franchise, which I'm excited about, but I'm not that excited about. Like, I don't want people being like, I'm going to make this like, like, uh, we want to live vicariously through Sex in the City. So, like, don't change it too much. I know, but I will say, I, I watched like some, I, I watched some old episodes recently and uh, I immediately was like, a man wrote this. Like, this is a man's vision uh, of what, yeah, how yeah, women behave. And it's not um, – I can't remember diverse. what it was specifically. But so I I do appreciate that there will actually be women writing yeah, that's the scripts. Good. And she says it's incredibly diverse in a really exciting way. And yes, obviously that's needed on the show. Um, she says it's going to infuse new life experiences, political worldviews, and social world worldviews. So I guess you can expect – expect a woke sex in the city i mean i can't really i can i think that i can see carrie putting her foot in her mouth more often than not in terms of wokeness but we'll see maybe they'll make that part of the show tbd all right now it's time for our topic of the week This week's topic is identifying energy vampires. Um, so, what this is, is an actual? That? It's an actual term, energy vampires. I didn't make it up. It's a it's a thing. So, according to Healthline, energy vampires are quote people who sometimes intentionally drain your emotional energy. They feed on your willingness to listen and care for them, leaving you exhausted and overwhelmed. So, there are if you're like our first listener. Um, you might still have people like that in your life that you can't shake. For me, I don't luckily feel like I have friends that I would consider energy vampires, but they're definitely like unavoidable people. There are friends of friends. There are coworkers, family members, like people who like you're just stuck with. And every time you see them, you have to like brace yourself because you feel like you're going to – you're just going to be exhausted when you're done hanging out with them. Is it um, is it people that like – they're just like always complaining about their life and they forget to ask any questions about you? That's one example. So actually, if you would like, Laura, Oprah.com has broken down the four different types of energy vampires. Would you like to, to share with us? There's the sob sister, always considering herself a victim. The world's always against her. She'll recount every horrible thing that's happened to her, wallowing in every perceived slight. There's the charmer, a constant talker, joke teller who has to be the center of attention. Ugh, I know exactly who that person is. There's, ugh, I have one friend. I was at like a, I was at like a wedding. We were all getting ready, all the bridesmaids. And like, sh I heard her go, like tell the same story and like workshop it and change it a little bit oh. to make it like better. Like almost like she was workshopping like her standup material through like every single angle of like the bridal suite and I was oh, just like no. I was like you're the charm like you're just like so annoying like like do you know like I've now heard you tell the story five times like in yes. a, one afternoon like it's so annoying it's not like a natural like I have a funny story to tell like right she was like had to be the center of attention 
there's the blamer who doles out endless servings of guilt. Ugh, nobody wants that person. And there's the drama queen, the coworker who claims she almost died from a high fever, or the neighbor who lives in extreme emotion. Life is unbelievably good or horrifically bad. I don't know. Sometimes those people are fun. Um, <laughs> the sob sister, in like small doses. In small doses, the sob sister, like I think at some point when we genuinely have something going on in our life, it's okay to be the sob sister. You know, like sometimes you really are the victim and you have shit going on. That's not what this person is. Uh, this is a person that like is always the victim and like, like they just don't think that anybody else has anything that could be going wrong in their life and that like they have it worse than everybody. And I, I also have people like that in my life. So what yeah. to do is you've got to establish boundaries, adjust expectations or cut them out entirely. Um, I think I've told the story about my mom just like ghosted her friend that was basically the sob sister, which like maybe isn't the best way to handle it because it was like a long time best friend. But but sometimes it's sometimes people are not good at confrontation. I, I would do like maybe like the slow fade, like slowly fade them out, you know, like you've oh, yeah. you're so busy, blah, blah, blah. Um, especially if it's just like a long time person, because if this is somebody like you just also have to decide, is this something somebody can change about themselves or is this like who they fundamentally are? And like at some point, maybe you just can't change who they are and like, that's okay. Let them be them. There's some people that are like the caretaker vibe and they're going to love a sob sister and that will be like a codependent, great relationship. And like, it's probably not for you and it's probably not for, it's definitely not for me. So maybe you just need to fade them out. Yeah. And I think that that's why it's like, it's it's good to identify who these people are in your life because people who are more prone to being like a pushover or a people pleaser, they're going to like never stop trying to please this person and then they're going to exhaust themselves because it's never going to happen. Like I, there are people who just like are never going to want to help themselves and are never going – you know, they're going to complain about the same thing every time you see them and – they're never going to change their situation. And some people feel the need to like then take that on as their responsibility and like fix that person and it's never going to happen. Um, so yes, establishing boundaries are great. Um, in terms of like the energy vampires who make you not feel great about yourself, like I feel like I've, I've – uh, like like the blamer, like somebody who's like going to put you down. Um, I have found in myself when I deal with somebody like that, I freeze up and I never say the thing that I want to say in the moment. Um, and I found – What do you wish this, you would say? Well, I always – of course, like I think like a lot of people like later on, I'll I'll think of like the perfect comeback or like the per, like the perfect delivery. Like I think also I, I fuck up the delivery sometimes because I just get so emotional and then it's like not – it doesn't come off as like cutting as I want it to. It comes <laughs> off as like, you know, screechy and whiny. Um, but I found – I've been following perhaps as a result of COVID. Uh, I've been following a lot of inspirational quote Instagrams lately. Whatever God bless they you. help. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> but I found this one. Actually, of, I don't mind when my friends share those, like in their stories. I'm like, oh, I yeah, try not to share them fun. too much. But I do not want to follow those accounts myself. Well, okay. So this one, some, yeah, they're hit or miss. Some, sometimes they don't, sometimes <laughs> share they don't a couple. speak to me. We know you love them, Angie Pie. Share what but you've been vibing with. So I like this this account. Her name is Stevie Joy Lee. Okay. And she wrote about this response like of when you freeze up, which like I identified with. So she said, many people who experience like 
the freeze or disassociation as an automatic response, carry around guilt, like why didn't I stand up for myself? Why don't I fight back, et cetera? She says, when our bodies don't feel safe, they respond with the wisest choice available, which is which is to freeze. Freeze is wise because it gives the quote-unquote predator the impression that we ourselves are not a threat and lets the threat pass. Our bodies come back online when we feel safe again. And basically, she says, make space for how you're feeling and meet it with more compassion. In other words, like don't beat yourself up for freezing. Like uh, You can be frustrated, but if you come at your own emotions with compassion, um, you can figure out how to deal moving forward. Okay. I like so, that. Yeah. So it's it's like an animal instinct sometimes. I like that. Well, you know, the good thing is to know something exists and then you can figure out the best way to deal with it in your own life and you can start identifying those those vamps. Those um, vamps. <laughs> guys, we hope that's helpful because that is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Keep sending us your questions. They inspire a lot of these episode themes. You can send us questions on truly anything that you're wondering in your life. And check out our book, This Is Why You're Single, and my my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. They'll both make you laugh, and we encourage you to try and get them from your local indie bookstores. Yes, and you get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors for a full list of sponsors and the codes. Check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Is Why Podcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>